Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 18th of January 2015, entitled, In Search for a God That Is Real. And the Bible readings are taken from Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 to 14, and Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 to 20. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Very simple thought as we look into God's Word this evening. If you're taking notes, you're going to have to write down a lot of passages because I've jotted down a lot of references, but there's no way, unless you want to camp out here till midnight, that we've got time to read them all during the sermon. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, like to, uh, I don't like to make notes unless uh, we're referring to it from Scripture. But let's, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 15, if you would uh, turn first in your Bibles there, Matthew chapter 15, and uh, hold your finger there. And then turn back in the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament, chapter 29. So Matthew chapter 15 in your New Testament, stick your finger in there and turn back to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Our thought this evening as we look into God's Word is simply in search for a God that's real. In search for a God that's real. Uh, I guess so many times we tend to know a lot of things in the abstract, if you would. Uh, we know about God. Uh, we know lots of things about God. Uh, but the truth is, how can we go and search for a God that is real? Uh, God needs to be real in our lives. And, uh, and I believe it's just a few very simple thoughts this evening that uh, uh, to remind us that wherever we are in our lives... Uh, we need to have a real relationship with God, and God needs to be real. And of course, as much of the world, they look at religion and they know a lot about religion, but they don't know the reality of a God in their lives. I'd like to invite you to stand with us to honor the reading of God's Word as we read, first of all, from Jeremiah chapter 29. And I'd like to begin reading in verse 4, which says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, and to all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon, build ye houses and dwell in them, and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished." Seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. 
And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. Now, if you look into Matthew chapter 15, beginning in verse 7, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, himself here uh, speaking says, Ye hypocrites, well did Esaias prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? He answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh from the heart, and they defile the man. Right of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Father, we thank you again for your word this evening, and we just pray, Lord, that over these next moments as we look there, that, Lord, you would speak through thy unworthy servant, that, Lord, your spirit would speak to our hearts that which no man can speak. Lord, we pray that you would give to each one that which they are in need of this evening, that your work might be done in our lives, and we'll give you praise for it. In Christ's precious name, amen and amen. Of course, there are many places that we could look in Scripture, but if you look in the book of Jeremiah, what is being written here, the children of Israel being carried into captivity. And of course, as they were being into captivity, God was reminding them of a number of things. You see, the one thing that they certainly needed was a God that was real to them. And of course, God is reminding them there that he has a plan. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. Yes, they're going to have to be there for some years, but he's going to come back. And in time, he will bring them back to this place that they were before that they were taken into captivity. There's a lot of things that he says in there, but I really want to take for our text this evening, he's talking to his people 
that are being taken into captivity when they need to know not just about a bunch of religious stuff. They don't need to know just about God, but they need a God that's real to them in their lives. And he says to them here in verse 13, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. You'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Jesus is making it clear when he's speaking there in Matthew chapter 15. He's talking to them again that it takes more than just religion. It takes more than just lip service. He's talking to them about these that, that they say a lot of things with their mouth, but their hearts are far, far from them. And he talks about that it's not what goes into a man but what comes out of a man that proceedeth forth from the heart that defileth the man. So how do we search for the reality of God in our lives? And I guess there's a number of things, you know, it's, it's amazing a lot of times how that different things happen that put our minds thinking along different courses. And there's a number of things, but I was recently in a conversation that began to take my mind along some of these things when I was talking with someone that, that used to walk with God that was away from God, and they were sharing with me that this is a point that they had come into in their lives when they were really searching for the reality of God, for God to be real in their lives. And of course, sometimes when we're at that distant place, when we're in what we often term a backslidden condition when we're not where we need to be with God. Many times I believe that our searches are mental searches. We know the right things that we've been taught, but we're not always really searching for God with our hearts. How do we search for the reality of God? Well, if we look at these things that we see here, we find that one thing is for certain that it's not something that we do with our lips it's something that we do with our hearts. We can say a lot of things with our mouths, but when we're searching for God, then it's something that must come from our hearts. Everything that we do with God must begin in the heart. Uh, that's where that is going to, uh, to be real. We can get caught in the trap a lot of times because that we give all this mental assent we know the things to say. If we're not careful, even our, our prayers can just become so mechanical because we've learned to say all these things that we're supposed to say and pray for all these things that we're supposed to pray for, but we're not really feeling anything from our hearts. They're just words that are flowing from us. I've often said that one of the real dangers many times when we come together as a congregation, that oftentimes those prayers that are prayed publicly, if we're not careful, could be some of the least effective prayers that we ever pray because we're more concerned with the words that are leaving our lips and what the other people are thinking about what we're praying, whether we're doing a, a good job or a bad job. If we're not careful, then just to forget those other people, we're not communicating with those other people. We're communicating with God. So we need not worry about what man is going to think about it. A simple prayer, prayed from the heart, 
is far, far more effective and will accomplish far more with God than all the flowery words in the world that are put together and strung together to impress people. If you turn back just a few pages in your Bible to Jeremiah, and I've already said that I won't have time to read all of these passages, but I want to give you just a, a few things this evening because we find that, again, here where we have have read in, in Jeremiah 29 that uh, uh, that God's people uh, were in a time when they were uh, going into captivity uh, when he was telling them how that uh, uh, that God could be real to them. If you look back into Jeremiah chapter 3, we find that, uh, uh, again, that in order for God to be real to us, is something that must come from the whole heart. And in this case, if you look down at, uh, at verse 6, notice what God says here. Uh, he says, The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? So here, he's asking a question, and he's being very specific. Have you seen what my people that have backslidden have done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree and there hath played the harlot. And I said after she had done all these things, turn thou unto me, but she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. It came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me, how? With her whole heart, but Faintedly saith the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with the knowledge and understanding God's people had gone away from it. They were a backslidden people. But we find in this passage here that he makes it very, very clear in verse 10. And yet for all her treacherous sister Judah hath not returned unto me with her whole heart, but faintedly, saith the Lord. Not genuinely, not sincerely, not with a heart's desire. We can go through the action so many times, but I'm saying that how do we search for the reality of God? Well, even from a backslider's condition, it never changes. It's wholeheartedly. 
It's got to be something that genuinely comes from within. We find that lip service can bring us something from God, uh, something that we may not want to find or may not want to have when we have it. If you look into Ezekiel chapter 33, uh, you find this beginning there in verse uh, 23. He says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, they that inhabit those wastes of the land of Israel speak, saying, Abraham was one, and he inherited the land, but we are many. The land is given us for inheritance. Wherefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Ye eat with the blood, and lift up your eyes toward your idols, and shed blood, and shall ye possess the land? Ye stand upon your sword, ye work abomination, and ye defile every one his neighbor's wife, and shall ye possess the land? Say thou thus unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, As I live, surely they that are in the waste shall fall by the sword, and him that is in the open field will I give to the beast to be devoured, and they that be in the forts and in the caves shall die of the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate. The pomp of her strength shall cease. The mountains of Israel shall be desolate that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord. When I have laid the land most desolate because of all their abominations which they have committed, also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. They come unto thee as the people cometh. They set before thee as my people. They hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth away after their covetousness. And lo, they are unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words, but they do them not. When this time cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. You see, so many times, people don't change a lot sometimes. Hundreds and thousands of years can pass, and yet, that old flesh has still got so many of the same problems and the same struggles that they are dealing with because this is exactly what Jesus was talking to them about in Matthew chapter 15. And yet this was some 600 years before Jesus even came that we find this problem here with God's people in the book of Ezekiel. The only thing that their lip service was going to bring them was God's judgment. He's talking about, you know, they've, you know, they're talking about coming, hear the word of the Lord, and they've got all their flowery words and everything else, and yet there's nothing real about it. It's all just words. Lips are not enough. How do we search for the reality of the Lord? Not with lip service, but with a whole heart. And may I say, a whole heart is a trusting heart. <laughs> A whole heart. We've got to genuinely want God in our lives from within. We've got to genuinely trust Him. When we trust Him wholeheartedly, it's only then that truly that His strength will be shown. 
If you look back into 2 Chronicles chapter 15, 2 Chronicles chapter 15 in your Bibles, notice what he says, first of all, chapter 15, verse 17. He says, But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. He brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and vessels. There was no more war until the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. You see, Asa trusted the Lord with all of his heart from his father downwards. When we trust him with all of our heart, we find that that strength is shown. Look in the very next chapter, in chapter 16, verses 7 to 9. It says, And at that time Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host? with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. When Asa trusted in the Lord, and God delivered him. But when Asa trusted in man's strength, he failed. We find that when we are wholehearted, when we are fixed upon him, then his strength is shown. You can look at uh, an illustration with David in Psalm 108 with Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 26, verses 8 and 9, all of these places showing us the same thing. How do we search? Do we, first of all, really want God to be real in our lives? You see, I'm not saying that to be mean, but so many times, even as Christians, it's not just a lost world that's looking for a God that's real. But in our lives as Christians, how real do we want God? Because much of what we're seeing here is God's own people that needs God to be real to them. How do we search for the reality of God with a whole heart, with a trusting heart? I jotted down just a few illustrations that you can take notes and take and read for yourself if you want to. In Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 to 30, we find the story of Jacob. We find there that it was with that same earnestness Jacob was earnest. He was sincere. He was genuine. It came from his heart. Wholeheartedly will include earnestness. In Psalm 27, verses 7 to 14, you can find David wholeheartedly with an absolute confidence. We can call it confidence. We can call it faith. We can look as we just look back. It's trusting in the Lord. We're searching with our hearts, with our whole hearts. We're trusting him. We're earnest, we're genuine, we're sincere. We have the faith and the confidence. 
Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28, we find the story of the Seraphonician woman. We find that she was searching with her whole heart, that perseverance, that humility to continue because she really believed genuinely that God would do it. Luke chapter 18, we find that we'll take and, uh, and we'll read that one because so many times we get the wrong idea. In Luke chapter 18, notice what he says here. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? You see, there's a number of things that we can get from that, but this is Jesus teaching, and sometimes people think it's a bit, it's a bit strange. He's talking about what well, this judge. I mean, you know, basically, he didn't care, but he ends up answering just because that uh, this person kept on and on and on and on just just to get rid of her. He finally did what she wanted. But he's not saying that's the way with God, because he goes on to explain if in this life. <laughs> Somebody would do that just because they didn't have any regard for people. They didn't have any fear of God, but just because somebody kept asking enough to do it, well, how about God for his own elect, for those that he does care for when his children are praying to him day and night? Do you not think that he will hear you and answer those prayers? Sometimes we can become weary. Sometimes I said this earlier that we can pray so mechanically we do want our loved ones to be saved. We do care about a lot of these things. But if we're not careful, we can become so mechanical. Maybe we've prayed for their salvation for years and years and years. We're talking about here being in search for a God that's real. And part of that is a God that answers your prayers and having confidence in that. What I'm saying is the illustration from Scripture, whether we fully understand it or not, as Jesus was teaching, just keep on praying and praying and know. Have that confidence. Have that faith. When Jesus comes back, is he going to find faith in this earth? Is he going to find a people that really believes? Saying, let's not grow weary in our hearts. Sometimes, though we care about their salvation, again, 
These things can just become mechanical, habitual if we're not careful. This is the problem many times with, it, it's not just our praying, but our, our worship. I've said to you many times, you know, we, we sing the same songs a lot of times. And, and it's great because we feel comfortable singing songs that we know and being able to sing them out. But sometimes we're not even thinking about the words that we're singing. We're not really paying attention to what we're doing. We're doing it because we know it in our heads, but it's nothing from the heart. Some of you have heard me tell the story before, and I can't help but think of him when I think of somebody singing from the heart, but one of the older members that was here when I first came was, was, was Brother Ken. And Brother Ken used to sit there. He'd come in with his, with his cane, and he was getting on in years, and, and of course he's gone to be with the Lord many years ago now. But, boy, did he love to sing. He couldn't sing on key to save his life. <laughs> he was always several notes off from everybody else, and he just sing at the top of his voice, and he used to love one of his favorite songs was Look and Live. And we get to sing and look and live, and the next thing you know, he'd have his cane waving in the air. He was just, just singing from the very depths of his heart. He loved to sing to the Lord. But you knew it was so genuine you know that it blessed my heart to see and hear him sing from his heart more than the greatest professional choir in all the world could do. It was so real to him. And that's what I believe that Jesus is trying to get to. You know, even our prayers, if God is going to be real to us, then what we've got to realize, how do we do it? There's only one way in all of this and many other places. The only way we can search for the reality of God not with just our minds and our words, but it's got to come from our hearts wholeheartedly. And we find as we look through Scripture that we find all of these illustrations to us, how that when, when they were genuinely praying from their hearts and trusting God, their earnestness, their confidence, their perseverance in praying, that they found God, <laughs> that God was real to them, you see, if we search for a God that's real in this manner, and I, I, I can't really, I wish there was some other way to express it because it becomes so easy for us to know something here. Isn't that so many times the problem with people that maybe have sat in church most of their lives or all of their lives? They may even be members of the church. They may be very active in doing all of these things, and yet, it's all a head knowledge. It's never, ever, ever reached the heart. They know the prayers to pray. They know the, the, the step A, B, C, and the one, two, three that they've got to go through to become Christians, but it's never, ever taken place in the heart. And that's a real dangerous thing. But the Bible is saying to us here, how can we have a God that's real to us? Well, is something that we're going to have to do with all of our hearts. What did he say to us there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13? And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Ye shall find me. There's no question there. If you're searching for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. You see, it's not God's fault that we don't find God real in our lives. He says, if you, 
search for me in this way, you will find me. There's nothing left out there, folks. If God's not real to us, then I'm simply saying that there's only one way that God's not real to us, and that's because it's not from our whole hearts. If we're not feeling, if we're not knowing him, if he's not real in our lives day to day, then it's a heart problem. It's a heart condition. Whether we're lost or saved, it's a heart condition if God's not real to us. The only way that a lost person can ever be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's got to start in the heart and then it'll come out from the mouth. Not what goes in, but what comes out. It's got to come out from the heart. And as Christians, we find this over and over here. And again, there are many, many places. If you're taking notes, Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 2 to 4 and verse 15. Prophet Isaiah chapter 45, verses 18 to 23. Matthew chapter 7. I'll read this one. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. I'm saying that there's never a time when God's not home. <laughs> there's never a time when you call on him and you get that Beep, 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 that busy signal because he's tied up with somebody else right now. There's never a time when you call him and he's, he's too busy not to be there. What we find over and over and over here is this, when we call on him from the heart, we will find him. No question about it. We find that just a few passages, if you look into uh, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 4, notice what he says, picking up in verse 22, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 22, says, but I must die in this land, I must not go over Jordan, but ye shall go over and possess that good land. Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image, or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall be remain long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image or likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto you go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed." The Lord shall scatter you among the nations. You shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. There you shall serve gods, the works of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But 
if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God. You see, that's where they're going in themselves. But if from that place thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And you can read on there, but what do we find here? We find in times of genuine repentance. You see, so many times it's just like, have you ever seen the child that did something wrong and you've gone to that child and you've corrected that child and you said, tell them you're sorry. I'm sorry. They say the words, but there's nothing from the heart. There's no genuine contrition. See, many times people think repenting is just saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, genuine contrition can only come from the heart when we're genuinely sorry. And what we find here is God is telling them where that their lives are going to lead them. But when they're out there, if they will genuinely repent and come to God and seek him with their whole heart, they'll find him. He'll be there for them. Find that the psalmist tells us in Psalm 50 and in verse 15, he says, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. Thou shalt glorify me. You see, you'll find him. You'll find him even when you're away from God, when you're genuinely repentant before God. You'll find him in the midst of your trouble, no matter where it is, if you're calling upon him with all of your heart. If you make a notes in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 12 to 15, you'll find that you'll find him in the time of perplexity when you don't know what to do and you don't understand and you don't know anything else. If you'll seek him with all your heart, he'll be there for you. In Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 16, you'll find that the Lord is going to be there. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when? In time of need. In time of need. You know, he's always there for us. You'll find him when you search for him truly with your whole heart when you really want him to be real, when you really want to find him time and time and time again in the scripture, regardless of where we are or what our condition is, when we're seeking him from our heart, we're never too far from God for him not to hear us. We need him. He's always, always there for us. In Psalm 66, verse 16 to 20, very important he says, come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me, 
He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. You see, God will be real. God will hear you when you're willing to deal with your sin. <laughs> it's that sin that separates us from God. Yes, for a non-Christian, but yes, for Christians as well. And here, the psalmist is writing, and he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord's not going to hear me. We need to deal with that and get it out. You'll find him. And of course, one of the times that I think should be one of the most encouraging is those times when, when we're in situations, we may see people hurting, we may be in circumstances that we don't understand at all, and we just don't know how to pray or what to pray. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. If you look as Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 18, one of the verses that's part of the theme for our conference coming up, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all Saints, of course, the theme of most of our Sunday morning preaching for the last, I don't know, however many years we've been there now in Jude and contending for the faith. And he says in verse 20, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. You see, you'll find him. You'll find him when it's the Holy Spirit that's in control of your life and leading you even when you don't know what to say. When God is present in your life, he'll help you. Can I just finish with a question to you this evening? Are you in search for God that's real in your life? <laughs> you want God to be more real, not just to be something you know about, not just something that you do, but for the Lord to be real day by day in your life. Well, if you'll search for him with all your heart, if you'll do these things that we've talked about, you will find him. Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I leave you with this simple thought this evening that, you know, in our natural world, one of the things that is one of the deadliest killers out there is heart disease. <laughs> so many people, so many people, and it seems to get more and more and more. And people at young age, I shared with you last week, my brother-in-law last Sunday morning, 5 o'clock, they'd rush him off the hospital with a heart attack. And he loves the Lord. He's only in his mid-50s. They had to go in there and get that stain in and get his blood flowing again. He loves the Lord. He serves the Lord and never, ever had a problem before. But heart problems have become all too common. 
But can I say in the spiritual world, it's even more devastating. There are some things that are bigger killers in this world than heart condition. But there's nothing that's a bigger killer in the spiritual world than a heart condition. (laughs) Because it's only with the heart that we can find God. We've got to get it from here. We've got to get it to here. But Christians, when it's coming from here, there is never, ever, ever a doubt. If you will seek him and search for him with all your heart, you will find him. God won't turn you away when it's coming from here. God is always there for you. When you're on the mountaintop or when you're in the valley, there might be some sin and things in your life that you need to deal with that's separating you from him. If you'll deal with that and call upon him, he's there. It doesn't matter what you did. Jesus died for it. But you've got to genuinely from your heart go to God with it. He can be real in your life. And that's what it needs to be in our lives. Sometimes it's just not real enough for us. Our heart's just not in what we're doing. And I believe with all my heart, not only in your life, the peace, the walk that you have with the Lord, but also in our walk together as a church, that unless our heart is really in it, unless we're seeking God with our whole heart, unless we're wholeheartedly in this thing, it's not going to happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen just because we got the mechanics right. It's going to have to come from the heart. Father, thank you this evening because, Lord, we can be reminded there may be someone hearing this simple thought this evening that, Lord, they know all about you. They've read about you. They've heard about you. They maybe even have walked with you in the past, but, Lord, maybe they're struggling because they're at a distance right now and they don't know you. That They don't know that realness in their life. Maybe it's somebody that's never been there. They've maybe had a, a mental ascent, but they've never ever in their hearts humbled themselves sought that forgiveness because they genuinely knew that they were a sinner. They wanted to be forgiven. Lord, there may be some of your children that are walking afar off that needs to call upon you, that needs to humble themselves, that needs to genuinely from their hearts work, seek to sin, deal with that sin problem so that they can come back to you. Or maybe, Lord, maybe they're doing their best to walk with you. But maybe there's just so many things. Maybe like some of your children that we've read about tonight, maybe they're in a, in a, in a difficult situation. Maybe they're in a time where they don't feel in control of their lives and the things around them. But, Lord, I pray that they could just be reminded tonight that you're real and you're always there. And, Lord, if we genuinely seek you with our hearts, we will find you. If for some reason that you don't have that place in our lives and we don't know that you're real there for us, then, Lord, it's not because that you've gone on holiday, but it's because that it's a heart condition with us. Help us this evening, Lord. Help us from our hearts with a whole heart to seek you and to know your realness in our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen.